Good morning, church. Aren't you glad to be here in the house of the Lord? Yeah, you know, it's, it is way sunnier in here than it is outside. I've just noticed, just, just noticing. Y'all, y'all are just, uh, just sharing the warmth of Jesus. I just love it. I love it. Uh, it's Veterans Day weekend. And, uh, you know, I think it would be good for us. There, we had a great Veterans Day program yesterday that the uh, Veterans Association put on. Yep. That Anastasia hosted. It was wonderful. But I think as church, it would be good for us to honor uh, and recognize the veterans in the service today. So if you, if you are a veteran, if you've served or are serving in any of our services and you are a veteran, would you please stand right now? We want to recognize you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. And now I'd like all of us to stand. We're going to open up our, our service in prayer. So would you please join us? And Lord Jesus, you are our light, you are our fortress, you are our banner, you are our strength. Lord, I ask that your presence would fill this place this morning. And Lord, as we gather for worship, we thank you for the nation in which we live. Lord, we thank you for the place of freedom and and hope that we live in. Lord, we thank you for the undeserved blessings that you give to us in this country. Lord, uh, you have inspired the best and the brightest among us to volunteer and proudly stand to defend this country. And Lord, we ask that you would just be with them too. Lord, uh, we pray that you would protect them. Lord, we remember today the military personnel and their families who serve diligently, who serve currently, who've served in the past. Lord, please bless them abundantly. Lord, we thank you for those that are in harm's way right now, this moment. Strengthen them and give them your peace and protect them physically and emotionally and spiritually. And Lord, we pray this morning for our wounded warriors, heroes who are still dealing with the physical and emotional wounds as a result of their service to this country. Bless them, Lord. Bless them with your overcoming spirit. Bless them with victory that comes in you. And Lord, I pray that you be with the families uh, Lord, that are, are having to live life without a loved one because their, their loved one is serving. Be with those families that are without a loved one because their loved one gave their life in protecting our freedoms, Lord. Give them comfort. And Lord, I pray that you would bless each and every one of these veterans and servicemen, uh, not just this weekend, but all through the year. And Lord, as we give thanks to them, Lord, most importantly, we give thanks to you, the author and finisher of our faith, the the source of every good and perfect gift. And we begin this service in your precious name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Please, if you can stay standing, I'd appreciate that. If at any point during our singing, though, if you feel the need that you need to sit, please feel comfortable to sit. You're doing a better job than the 8 o'clock service, I will say. (laughs) The reason I say that is because several of them moved around on me, and they weren't sitting where they normally sit. (laughs) And I take attendance by where y'all sit. And so looking around the room, it's a lot more common and familiar, which is a really good thing. Sing with us, will you please?
last verse together. is of thee.
all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
journey to fulfill the mission that God has given to us here at Anastasia. And from the very beginning, we said, number one, that this whole journey that we're on will require equal sacrifice and not equal giving. And these children will show you what they've done. Now, we also have said from the very beginning that it's going to take all of us, including all ages, okay? And so I'm here to share with you this morning a couple of milestones. One is a very, very big milestone in our Generations Come Faith campaign. And that is, this past week, we eclipsed the $6.5 million number. And just likewise, I also want to share with you this morning that our next major milestone is in order to have our cash flow requirements met for the end of the year, we're going to need to bring in another $300,000 between now and the end of the year. And I know that we will, and I'm confident in that because this entire campaign has been anchored and it's been bathed in prayer. And it has been formed and has been fashioned in faith. And God has been faithful to us, and I know that you will be too. So as you see this video this morning, I would urge you to lean in and just ask God, how would you have me now to come along and help us reach our next goal? God bless you, church. Miss Tamara challenged us with the parable of talents from the book of Matthew. We were given four quarters and challenged to multiply them. The four quarters that Miss Tamara gave each of us and challenged us to multiply it to give to the church for the new building. And this is the bank that we were given to put the money that we raised for the new building in. We took our money and we went to the Dollar Tree and we bought a pitcher and a package of lemonade mix. We did a lemonade stand. We did a and lemonade stand and then we went back to the Dollar Tree after doing the first lemonade stand to get more lemonade cups because we ran out and um, we got some brownie mix. We, with our proceeds. And we made brownies out of the brownie mix and we sold those along with the lemonade. We raised about $200 yeah. from the four quarters that we were each given. My siblings and I decided it was better for us to work together, so we combined our money and went to the store and bought ingredients to make cinnamon rolls. And then we had a bake sale. When I was given the four quarters, we went to the store and we bought um, ingredients for pet food and supplies for pet toys. And we used some our money as well. And so we made pet treats and pet toys. And then we went to the farmer's market and we sold them and we made about $200. With the, with the four quarters I was given, I um, made a lemonade stand. I took, um, or, or I found some lemonade powder and I made pink lemonade and I sold it on my Vermo's driveway and I raised $57. I make the thing I'm most excited for is the rooftop terrace for the youth group. I'm excited to be up there and play with my friends. Uh, I hang out up there with my friends, and I, I'm, I 
think this will be beneficial to not only me and my family, but it will also bring more people to Christ because I can invite more friends because of the new parking lot spaces. I think it's important because now we have a, in the new buildings, we have bigger spaces for worship so more people can come and more people can learn about Christ and heaven and that's important. It's really important because it's really, really sad when people don't have a chance to learn about Christ. And this building has more space, more parking, and more people can come and learn about Christ. Well, let's stand together. Our next song ties into that. Do you remember the day that you got saved? Do you remember that time in your life? Maybe it was just very, very young, and it was something that you don't remember the exact principles of or the exact event. However, it doesn't change the fact that you get to enjoy all of God's blessing that comes from that decision. This is the song that we learned last week. We're just starting straight into it. There is a river. Ready? There is a river of gladness that pours from Emmanuel's veins. This sinner was plunged beneath the cross and God saved. Since then I walk in forgiveness. All of my guilt was erased. How could I want more? 
Before you're seated, just take a moment, welcome someone here this morning before Bill comes. first-time guest, if you would go to the welcome desk, we have a little gift for you. But if you'd like to connect with us and give us your, your prayer request, um, if you would text CONNECT to 904-441-6900, or you can go to the welcome desk and fill out our, a, uh, a card, and we will get back in touch with you, or we will pray for you, whatever you need. We will, we will do it for you. We have a few announcements this morning. Um, the 13th annual caroling at the gazebo is on Friday, December 1st, and that's at 6 p.m. If you'll bring your lawn chairs or a blanket and join with the community to sing well-known traditional Christmas carols led by our choir and orchestra, that would be a fabulous time. You know, we get to be in downtown St. Augustine at the gazebo being a witness for Christ. I can't imagine there's anything better than that. On the, on the other hand, tomorrow the church offices will be closed. <laughs> For Veterans Day, we, we, uh, our, our normal day off is Friday, so uh, the staff will actually get a holiday day tomorrow, so the church office will be closed. And then on next Sunday, the 19th, we'll have a um, called business meeting in here um, at 8 o'clock and 10.30, and we'll be voting on uh, whether to call the Reverend Kevin King as our worship pastor. Um, so... If you want to vote for that, you would come here. If you're a member, you're more than welcome to vote, and we look forward to that. We just pray that you all have a blessed day and enjoy the worship. Amen. Amen. And good morning, church, again. Good to see all of you here. I want to follow up with uh, what Bill Blaylock said. Many of you know that our worship pastor, David Elder, is stepping down. He's retiring on December 3rd, and uh, we've had a a uh, committee together, selection committee that has worked very diligently and prayerfully and thoroughly. And uh, this selection committee is recommending to call Reverend Kevin King, who's been leading us. Reverend Kevin King, just raise your hand there. You've seen him up here. As the next worship pastor for the traditional services. So I am officially notifying you that we're having a special called business meeting and it's going to be next Sunday. So I have to let you know seven days in advance. Next Sunday. And we're only convening it in the traditional worship services. We're telling all the people and the other things, if they want to come and vote for this, you need to come to this service and see how great it is. And so anyway, uh, and there will be a paper ballot vote. 
where you can vote whether or not you would say yes to affirming the call of Reverend Kevin King to be the next worship pastor for the traditional worship services. So I uh, hope you'll come to, to be there. We're not doing any absentee balloting or mail-in balloting, okay? In case you ask, that's the most common question. Can I mail in a battle absentee? We're not getting involved in any of that, okay? If you want to vote, just come and be a part of the service next week, okay? And we know this will be a great, uh, a great time of celebration. We're really grateful to have a candidate as qualified and as spiritual as uh, Kevin. So uh, glad you're going to be there. Um, <clears throat> let's get into the message. I invite you to take your Bible and turn to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. And I want to pose this question to you. Um, what do you think would be the greatest thing that could ever happen to you? That could ever happen to you? What would be the greatest thing? There you go. That is the greatest thing. That's right. But you know, sometimes that's not on my mind. Accepting Jesus Christ Lord is great, but sometimes the things that come to mind is, wouldn't it be nice to have all my bills paid off? Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to take that really nice vacation that you really can't afford? Or a, new, a newer car? Or, or, well, how many of you think it'd be nice to be able to win the lottery so you can help the church pay off the new building? <laughs> I don't think those things, my wife thinks things like that, but anyway, the very last thing that the apostle Paul told the church at Ephesus, and this is now Acts chapter 20, Paul started that church at Ephesus. He had a close relationship with the leaders and he was on that last missionary journey and he was going back to Jerusalem and he knew that the things were not going to be going well for him. He, he, the Lord had told him that and he, he knew that he probably wouldn't see them again. And he gave them some parting words that are recorded in Acts chapter 20, starting at verse, well, in, in Acts chapter 20, I'm going to read the last few verses, verses 32 and following. And in them, Paul reminded them that Jesus had the power and the desire to bless them. Jesus had the power and the desire to bless them. And, and Paul reminded them of the key to unlocking that blessing. So these are the final words of Paul to the church at Ephesus. Would you please stand with me in honor of God's word? And as Paul is meeting with those elders, many of them are, are emotional, the Bible tells us. It says, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. He was saying, I took care of my needs and those of my team. In all things, I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And Paul took the microphone, dropped it, and he left. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you that you bless us more than we can bless you. Lord, thank you that I thank you that we cannot outgive you. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to have hearts that are generous, that would, that would be that self, same self-sacrificing heart that you exhibited when you died on the cross for our sins. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So what we're going to be talking about is generosity today. 
where Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Do you ever hate it when the pastor talks about giving and he talks about your money? If you hate that, you're going to hate November, okay? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to touch on that during this month. We're going to talk about blessing and gratitude uh, in the month of November. But it's not about the money. I mean, some of it's about money, but some of it's about our time. Some of it's using our gifts, but it's not about the money. It's about our hearts. It's about our souls. It's, it's about the thing that's inside of us. It's about unlocking the blessings of God. You see, generosity unlocks the transformative power of Jesus Christ in all of us. And, and I just, I just tr- truly believe this in my life, that a heart of gratitude and generosity, it fuels us. Do any of you remember in 2020, when the government gave to businesses, including churches, that, that uh, if you proved that you're going to keep people on the payroll, they gave you what was called the PPP, okay? They gave money. Well, anyway, we received that money, and then we uh, realized at the end of the year, we received about $375,000 based on our employees. Then by the time the year ended, we realized that we had a, a surplus of $425,000, And we thought, we didn't even need that money from the government. And so we thought, you know, that government money, that's not our money. That's not money. We don't want to get rich off the government. So you know what we did? We gave away $375,000 that next spring. Do you remember that? And we gave $100,000 to the Alpha Omega Miracle Home. We plowed it into the community. $100,000 to the free medical clinic. We we poured it into all these community ministries. $100,000. Oh, we, we gave all that $375,000 away. And do you remember the excitement at church when we were giving those checks away? You know what was happening? We were getting blessed by Jesus. That's, that's what Jesus was telling us. It's more blessed to give than to receive. You know, that, that was so powerful. Uh, so powerful. Uh, you know, um, I think it's like a magnet. The blessings of Jesus in our, our generous heart. You know, I have some magnets in my house, and I use them for holding some things on uh, to refrigerators and, and uh, appliances and things like that, and hooks and things that are magnetically held. And you know that magnets, those magnets, you hold them one way, and they just are so tight, and they hold on together. But you turn one of those magnets around, and you know what happens? They start repelling each other, okay? Well, you know, it's like my hand represents the things that I want on this earth. And when I'm holding on to the things of this earth, it's like I have that magnet. And this is what Jesus wants to do to bless me. If I'm holding on to earth things, it's like they're just repelling it. It's like my selfish heart, my earthly heart, just repels the blessings of God. But I turn that around, and I start giving the way Jesus wants to give me. It's like, like my heart becomes a blessing magnet. And I start, I start attracting the blessings of the Lord. That's what I see. I think, I think a giving heart in my mind is like a blessing magnet. We start receiving the blessings of God. It may not be the exact form that we give, but it's that generous heart. Just unlock something very special. And, and you know, I think I'm blessed when I attract the blessings of God rather than repel them. I mean, how many of you think you're blessed when you repel the blessings of God? How many of you think you're blessed when you attract the blessings of God? Okay, I believe, that, I believe that a generous heart attracts the blessings of God. So that's the first thing to write down. And so the question you need to ask yourself is this, in my heart, am I attracting the blessings of God or am I repelling the blessings of God? Okay, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. How, how, do, I, how do I attract the blessings of God? One way is that I, is I, I don't hold so tightly to the things of earth. Another way 
Uh, and this is coming from Proverbs chapter three, starting at verse nine. Another way that I'm blessed with a generous heart is when I make the Lord my first priority. Proverbs chapter three, verse nine says this, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth. He's talking about your financial health, okay? Honor the Lord with the first fruits of your produce and then blessings are going to come. Really what happens is not the money, it's the heart. I'm blessed when the Lord is first place in my heart, amen? amen. Okay, some of you believe that, okay. <laughs> I'm blessed when the Lord is first place in my heart, whether you believe it or not, okay? In my house, ever since uh, we have been married, Elise and I have practiced tithing. Tithing. We give 10% of our income to the Lord, 10% of our gross income. So we figure it out what it is, 10%. And you know what? It's not just a tenth. It's the first tenth, okay? Before we pay all the bills, we figure out the bills after we give what God has, has given to us. It's that first tenth. And, and, you know, and it's not the accounting that's the blessing. You know what's the blessing? Is that my heart has said, yes, first place in my heart goes to God. First place as a couple, our heart goes to God. And, and that's the priority. So, so the question is, is Jesus really first place in your life? Because when Jesus is first place in your life, that's when we receive blessings. Where does God fit into your priorities? And, and, and how do you measure those priorities? Well, finances is one way. It's very interesting that Paul was talking to the church at Ephesus. I don't know why he mentioned it to the church at Ephesus. But he mentioned it to them, it's more blessed to give and to receive. Ephesus is mentioned later in the Bible in Revelation chapter 2. And in Revelation chapter 2, he, it's going through the churches of Revelation, those seven churches there, and, and Jesus is complimenting them and commending them on all these great things that they do. You do all these great things, but I have this one thing against you. You've abandoned your first love. You've forsaken your first love. The Lord was no longer the first priority in their life. I, I think it's about the heart. It's about the heart. And you know, my finances are a way that I measure what's important in my heart. Did you know that? You know how I know that? If someone overcharges you at the restaurant, some of you get really mad, right? Because it's a heart thing. We, we, we hold our finances so close to our heart. And so I think we're blessed when our first priority is not making sure that we have all the money we can get, but when our first priority is, is, is the Lord, okay? Now, Jesus said something else. Luke chapter 6, he said, uh, give and it will be given to you. Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given to you. Then he tells us how it's going to be given to us. If we, if we have a generous heart, God's going to try to bless us. And here's how God blesses us. We have our cup, we pour it out. And he says, here's how I'm going to fill you up. Okay, I'm going to take your cup. I'm, I'm going to give you a good measure. I'm going to press it down, fill all the, I'm going to, I'm going to shake it together so more can get in. I'm going to, it's going to be running over. I'm going to be putting it in your lap. God's trying to bless us more than we can bless him. And he says, for with the measure you use it, you use, it will be measured back to you. That when I try to bless God, he's going to show blessings back to me. I can't outgive God. I can't outgive God. I'm blessed when God uh, cultivates a heart that attracts blessings. I, I'm, I'm blessed when God's my first priority. I, I'm blessed. I'm blessed when I can measure my time, my talents, my treasures, and they show that God is my first priority. Another way I'm blessed is I'm blessed when my strength is faith, is when my faith is strengthened. Sorry, this is the third time I've given this message. 
I'm blessed when my faith is strengthened. How many of you think that you're blessed when your faith is stronger? Show me your hands, okay? How many of you think your faith, you're blessed when your faith is weaker? See, I want stronger faith, right? Malachi 3.10. We talk about this when we talk about tithing. It's that passage that people go to. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need. And he says, you need to put me, you need to, put me to the test, okay? Let, just, just bring the tithe to the storehouse. Bring the resources together for the people of God. See if I won't bless you. But I believe we're not really testing God, okay? Because if, if you test God, God always passes. Je- Jesus always gets an A+, plus, okay? Really what we're testing is our own faith, right? When we're putting God to the test, aren't we testing our own faith, whether we believe that God will bless us? And you know, when we trust him and we do what he says to do, he strengthens our faith. He, he by experience, shows us that he does what he says he's going to do and we, and we grow. So I'm blessed when my faith is strengthened. And one of the ways my faith is strengthened when I trust God I do what he says in relationship to my time, my talents, and my treasures. Uh, When I want to strengthen my muscles, what I do is I do resistance training. I go see a trainer twice a week, okay? He's a church member here. Basically what I do, I go to PE class twice a week. I never thought I would go to PE class, physical education. When I was in middle school, I was ready for that to be over because in high school you didn't have to do it. But I, I pay actually to go twice a week to PE class. And the way they they keep the muscles strong is by resistance training, by lifting heavy weights, okay? If you want to keep these muscles, guys, you want the guns to show your wife, you need to lift heavy weights. And I'm talking about more weight than the fork to the mouth, okay? It's got to be more. I know some of you can put a lot on that fork, okay? But you really have to have more, more than that weight. And that's that's how your muscles stay strong. Well, giving... Giving financially is, is, is like spiritual resistance training because it's something about our heart that wants to hold on to our money and, and the way we practice, we practice uh, uh, growing spiritually is, is the way we use our time, the way we use our talents, the way we use our treasures. So just, just see if God will pull it off. Put your faith to the test. As God says, put me to the test and just see if he'll bless you. And if your experience is anything like mine, you'll find that God will bless you. God will bless you. God has taken care of every single one of our needs. Now, there's a testimony I want to share with you. This is John Skripko. He's a church member. It's going to be on video. He's not here with us because we have two services going on right now. We can't get everybody at the same place, but I want you to hear this. So would you please listen to this testimony by one of our church members, and then I'll talk to you on the other side. Hey, church family. I'm here with, with a church member. His name is John Skripko. And we're going to have this conversation. Uh, it's something I think is very important for all of us. But, but John, thanks for being here with me today. And uh, the topic we're going to talk about is giving, uh, generosity. You know, the topic that, that everybody hates to talk about. But it's so very important because it's, it's important in our spiritual growth to understand our relationship with money and how it affects our relationship with the Lord. And uh, you've had a journey with this, right? Uh, a journey would be a polite way of saying it, yes. <laughs> give, us, give us all the dirty details. I want to hear about this journey. I think they do too. Uh, so, so it really starts out about when my wife and I first met. So we were actually high school sweethearts here from St. Augustine, met at St. Augustine High. 
and uh, we decided to get married at 18 and 19 years old. So I didn't know the Lord. We get into the church. I'm working two jobs as a Marine, working part-time at night for a farmer, clear-cutting timber. And we're in the church, and I notice the pastor pull up, and he's got a really nice Toyota Camry. He's got a really nice suit on and a great watch. And the first message that I ever hear in an evangelical church was a message about tithing. Okay, and tithing is, for people that don't know, it's about giving, and, and specifically giving 10% of your income as a practice, right? Correct. Okay. And so I listen to the message, we walk out, and my wife says, what'd you think? And I said, I will never, ever go to a church like that where they want my money so I can give that pastor my money so he can get a better watch, a better car, and a better suit than me. I'll never be involved in a Bible study, and I'll never do anything like that ever again. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, yet here you are. <laughs> <laughs> so there should be an asterisk at the end of that statement. It's never, ever tell God you won't ever do anything because he has a sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you had that, you know, I think that view that you had, that's very common. Yes. I mean, there are people that think that, that uh, we want you to come to church because we don't want you. We don't want to minister to you, but we just want your money. We want your wallet. And uh, that's really not what it is. But that, that's a message that a lot of the world receives about the church, right? Right. And you, uh, growing up now in the church, been in the church for a while now, it's, you know, hey, pastor, you can talk about my heart. You can talk about my family. You can talk about these things. But just stay away from my wallet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, we, we hold our, our finances very close to the chest. They're very close to our heart. I mean, I, didn't Jesus say where your, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is? Correct. Yes. And so if we, if we really, really, the things that we value, those are the things that really are at the center of spiritual warfare. Can you give me an understanding of how you went from where you were to where you are today? Yeah, I think it starts off with my work journey. So when that was in 1994 when we went to church, 1995, my dad was 47 years old, got diagnosed with stage four cancer and passed away. So he left my mom at 42 as a widow, and I watched her struggle. And so my innate protective nature was to look out for my family. So I just wanted to work, 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 and make sure that I could do everything I can to take care of my family. And I ended up working in the banking industry. I worked for a company called Blazer Financial Services and started off as a manager there. But one of the things that I was doing was also collections. So I was doing foreclosures and repossessions. Well, that's got to be tough. And it was what I needed to do for my, my family to take care of them, but I didn't enjoy it. There was that inside of me that this is not right. Then I got into the banking world and started doing lending, and I was putting people in debt, buying automobiles and mortgages and businesses. And then in 08, I was with a bank, and all those people that I helped create businesses and lend to, I was now taking their businesses from them, foreclosing on their homes, repossession things, garnishing their wages, and it just didn't sit right. And I was, I was now in men's ministry at the church we were going to. The Lord was tugging on my heart, and I found this guy, Dave Ramsey. Oh, wow. And this crazy guy from Tennessee talking about these things, but it made sense to me because the further I moved up in my career, the more I thought I would be happy because I was getting more money, and I was just miserable. And, and just, just so people understand, Dave Ramsey is a Christian who's really helped people understand uh, not only your relationship with money, your relationship with God, but also how important it is to, 
to put yourself in a strong financial position by getting out of debt. Right? Correct. Yeah. And it was the first time that I actually heard somebody talk money and biblical scripture and principles. And that kind of caught me off guard because he says, you know, it's the same thing your grandmother and your grandfather did, but it's also in the Bible. And then he backed it up with scripture. So here at Anastasia, we say that Jesus is the way and the Bible is the map. Uh, tell me about the map and the Bible and what it says about finances. I mean, what's in there? So this is going to surprise you if you haven't figured it out yet. But there was a gentleman that did a study on this. And there are over 2,350 scripture references to money and money management. 2,350 verses in the Bible about money and money management. Correct. Talk okay. about more than anything else in, in the Bible. Wow. Wow. And if uh, you that, think about that's a lot. it, yeah, it's because, as you said, where our heart is, where that is, and he's kind of telling us we got to look at it differently. Because what we tell ourselves as individuals is that I have a worldview, mm -hmm. and that's from what I've learned, thought, and, and seen. Yeah. And that's what the world's telling us, mm -hmm. and that's my imprint. Yeah. But then there's the biblical worldview, and that's what yeah. I learned in church. Mm -hmm. It's weird to say, but only 19% of evangelical Christians today have a biblical worldview. Now, and, and that does not surprise me because we live in a, a country of affluence. And so the more you have, sometimes that holds on to us. And, and there's a lot of messages that get out there. And, and if any of you guys ever will get a chance to read my email, some of the stuff that comes to me is pretty unbiblical yes. uh, of what people have as expectations and stuff. So, yeah, it, it's right out there. We are, we are influenced by culture, and we're in a consumer culture. Correct. We more, are. Than, more than anything else, and that's probably the hard thing about being in this particular country and culture. Interesting thing. Over the last 50 years, the U.S. wealth has grown to be the highest and the largest it's ever been. But on the opposite side of that, we are now living in the largest area of insecurity that individuals have, financial and, and mental insecurity. So what you're saying is that there is a relationship between having money and security, but it's not a direct relationship, it's an inverse relationship. Sometimes the more money you have, the more insecure you are about your financial position. Yeah, it's a paradox of prosperity, right? When I have nothing, there's not many decisions or questions that I have to do with it. You know, okay. are we having ramen or are we having peanut butter and jelly tonight? <laughs> but when I make more money, where are we going to go to eat? What yeah. car are we going to drive? If you think back in the 1950s, most people only had one car. Yeah. Now we've got cars, boats, jet skis, electric bikes, and all these things. And all those need, need payments, all those need insurance, all those need all kinds of repairs and things right. like that. Um, you know... Um, Sometimes people think that the reason we want to encourage people to give is because the church needs money. Okay, and and in a few weeks we're going to be voting on a budget. We have a, a, a business meeting December third. We're going to be voting on the yearly budget for 2024. And of course, all this, all the ministries do run through the generous offerings of the people that give. But really, there's a spiritual. You know, I need to give not because the church needs money. I need to give to show faith in the Lord. Amen. Giving is, well, think about it. The world tells us that we need this and we need more. The Bible tells us to ask how much, Lord. And what we've never done, even in financial planning, is stop to say how much is enough. And the other thing is, is we stopped and we've never asked whose is it. Okay. Right? So when you or the other pastors or read scripture and it talks about tithing, that's the tenth that I give to God of what I, I have. 
Yeah. But if we peel it back a little bit further, read further into it, we wouldn't have it unless God gave it to us. Yeah. Yeah. And so really we're giving back the tenth that he already gave us of the 100. Right. And so when we lock our hands like this and say, God, I'm not giving, there's a spiritual stronghold that we've created over that money. When we open up our hands, we've let go of that hold and we're able to open ourselves up to more of God's blessings. Yeah, the way I see it, I, I totally agree with that. And um, the way I see it in my life, and my wife, when I was in college, um, I knew about tithing. I grew up in church in an evangelical church, so I was taught about tithing. Uh, when I was in college, I wasn't really all that good about it. Uh, but when I got married, I mean, once we were married, since we've been married, my wife and I have been faithful. And the Lord's taken care of everything that we need. And, and to me, I see, I see it as a matter of faith that, that you know, God is going to give me enough so that I can live on 90% and serve Him. And then with 10%, I can just totally surrender that to the Lord. And in that surrender, I know He's going to take care of me. It's, it's interesting. When I, when I first started tithing, when Jenny and I got married, we weren't tied. When Jenny was tied, and I wasn't. I didn't think we needed to because I didn't want to give the guy a nice watch. <laughs> but there was a period of time that I kept coming to church and kept praying and asking the Lord to, to bring me into his kingdom, right? Accept him as Jesus. I would pray the, the sinner's prayer. But as a non-believer, I was expecting some type of, you know, magic movie moment. Where I was going to fall out of the church and something was going to impart on me. <laughs> And so I remember it was, we were in our church, it was a, a missionary pastor came out from Kentucky, good, good, good beard, and he gets up and he delivers the message. I remember praying, Lord, this is the last time. If you don't show up, I'm done. Don't do that. Because what ended up happening was two weeks later, I was laid off from my job. I didn't know why, but as I look back on it now, is that I was putting all these other things ahead of God. God said, I want to be first. In order for me to be first in your life, I need to remove the biggest thing that you're putting in front of me, which is your job, your money, and your titles, and things like that. And on the way home from my job that day, I decided I need to go to the church. Go to the church. I was going to ask for prayer. Very contented at the time. I was happy I was no longer at that place. And the pastor looks at me and he says, John, we're going to start a finance team. I was praying about it today, and I think you should be a part of it. What do you think? Now, here I was years ago saying I would never be a part of a church and do one of these things like this. Now he's asking me to be on a finance team. Go home and talk to my wife. I said, I really think we need to start tithing as well. I didn't know what tithing meant, really. I said, so let's, let's pray about it. Let's write a number down on a piece of paper. You write one down, I write one down. We look at it. Now it's both the same number. Now, I told you I was Catholic, so it was like for me seeing the Virgin Mary and a piece of French toast. I was ready to go run to the church and give a check. And she just says, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to church. She says, it's Thursday, honey. They're not open. So as soon as we had Sunday services, I was writing my first check to tithe. And then I never realized the blessing that I got from that because I learned to let go of what was impeding me from having that true relationship with God. Yeah, yeah. I, that, That's my experience, too. Uh, that you know, the more I, the more I give to God, the more He just shows Himself faithful, and it's it's just it's just in all kinds of areas. You know, if I can surrender to the Lord, He just shows Himself that He's going to show up. He's going to take care of those issues, whether it's a, a conflict in a relationship or whether it's our money. Correct. Hey, church family, I'm here with. 
So thank you for listening to that testimony. You many, any, some of you may know John, and you might want to say hi to him. But, you know, it's just very powerful that God worked in a life like that. And as I close, I just want to say, really, it's about two things. When we're talking about giving and generosity, it's not about the money, okay? It's about the heart. The heart is the reflection of our money. It's about that focus. Am I living my life for short-term gain or am I living my life for heaven? You know, Matthew chapter 6 says this. Jesus said, Sermon on the Mount, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Treasure in heaven. I'm blessed. My life is blessed knowing that my treasure is not just confined to this world. It's, it's up in heaven. It's up there. That's where I'm going to be able to be with Jesus forever. So I'm blessed knowing I have treasure forever in heaven. And then the last thing, it's a matter of, of who I'm serving. And in Matthew 6, 24, Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. For either he'll hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. And then he, he, he defines who those two masters are. He says, you cannot serve God and money. And the question I always have to ask my heart is, and we need to ask our hearts is, is who do we serve? Are we trying to serve Jesus and using the money? Or are we trying to use Jesus and serving the money? Who do you serve? It's not about the heart. You know, whether it's your calendar, whether it's your checkbook, whether it's the abilities that you have. I just want to say to all of us, the most important thing we can do is choose Jesus, right? Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, I thank you for uh, this teaching that you gave us, Lord, that, that our hearts need to be open to, to, to blessings that we can give back to you and blessings that we can help other people with, Lord. And Lord, help us to be at Anastasia a people that have a generous heart, a people that put you first, Lord. Help us be a people that see you and witness you and proclaim that you work in power. And Lord, every blessing that comes, Lord, give us, help us to give you the glory and you the praise. Lord, help us to be that kind of person. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We're coming to a time of response. I invite you to stand with me today. And some of you, there may be just internal decisions that, that God is speaking to you about how you use your time and your talents and your treasures for him. And, and I pray that God will speak to you, give you that right decision. I'm praying for wisdom. God may be calling you to come forward and, and be a member of this church, or he may be calling you to bring, come forward to present yourself for a baptism. Whatever God's calling you to do, let the Holy Spirit work among you today, okay? Let's let God work. Let's sing together. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still. Far with him we'll trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no to trust and oh and the last verse then in then in fellowship sweet we will sit at his feet or we'll walk by
Father, for the, thank you for the challenge that you have set before us. One that we pray that we will obediently resolve in our lives as we submit to you and your leadership in our lives. Father, continue to conform us to the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to be bold as we share our faith with others. It is the good news of eternal life. Now, Father, make your perfect will be done in our lives. May we be well-pleasing in your sight, and may we bring glory to our Savior alone. In Jesus' name I ask, amen.